0: Hey coaches, in this podcast, Dave sits down with Tara Collingwood, a renowned sports dietitian, author and TV personality. She has served as the dietitian for the Orlando Magic, University of Central Florida Athletics, the WWE and the USTA. She is a performance coach at the prestigious Johnson and Johnson's Performance Institute, where she teaches executives how to manage their energy. In this podcast she discusses how coaches can improve their own energy levels stay healthy throughout the long dual match season how to speak with athletes about their dietary habits and much much more we hope you enjoy
1: cara collingwood welcome to the ita college tennis coaches podcast
0: well thank you so much for having me
1: all right well on this podcast i don't think we've ever talked about nutrition even once, and so I have a bunch of questions here that I'm ready to get into if you're ready to go.
0: Well, yes, and it's about time. I can't believe you've never talked nutrition, so I'm okay. honored, but um, but yes, very happy that we're getting into the topic.
1: Yeah, long overdue. So Obviously this podcast is for college coaches and uh, those are the individuals that I care uh, a great deal about. We'll definitely get into the student athletes shortly, but I'm interested in how you might advise college coaches to take care of their own health and nutrition. I'm a former college coach for 12 years, usually by the end of the spring season, which is our dual match season, where you literally don't have a day off for, for five months. Um, I would have maybe fifteen or twenty pounds to lose because I've just been eating terribly for I've been eating emotionally. Uh, if I have a big win, I'm having the cheesecake. If I have a bad loss, I'm eating the cheesecake to <laughs> to uh, console myself. Um, you're traveling all the time uh, at match days. i'd I'd probably eat ten Lara bars and not even recognize uh, just how much food I've consumed um just kind of that emotional stressful eating that you go through so I'm just uh, really if you have any tips advice on how coaches can manage that throughout the spring season when probably they're most stressed
0: yeah well and I'm so happy for this question because you know so many times when I'm talking to tennis coaches um Every all of the emphasis is on the athletes. And right. you know, and so it is good to even just step back and go, you know what? I got to look in the mirror. I got to take care of me. And so I, I think this is so incredibly important. Um, So I think, you know, number one is just awareness. I think it's awareness of what you just said. So if it's your first year, maybe, you know, going into that, you know, hearing you say, i gained 15 pounds, you know, <laughs> they're like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh-oh. So that might've been that awareness or someone might be nodding their head going, yeah, that is me. Okay. You know? And so that awareness is key because then you can start thinking about what can I do and how can I do it differently? If this has happened to me in the past, what can I do differently? And so what I like to do anytime, you know, you're, you're dealing with an issue like this is sort of totem pole, (laughs) the problems and go, okay, what are the most impactful? So, you know, what is my biggest issue? And let me tackle that and not worry about some of the other little things, because it can be very overwhelming when you start going, oh my gosh, there's this, 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 you know, there's 25 things that I could probably be doing better. Well, what has the most impact? So mm-hmm. you mentioned a couple things already. It's not eating. Or eating, you know, bars all day long, and you know, you eat ten Lara bars. Well, that's two thousand calories. And then, <laughs> your mind, you're like, and I know you might be exaggerating, saying ten, or maybe not. Um, but you know, you, you, in your mind, you're like, I haven't eaten anything all day. All I've had is some Lara bars yep. because you never sat down and had a real meal. Mm. And so, I think that's one of my big tips: is make sure you take care of you. Make sure you have breakfast before you leave the hotel. Make sure you have snacks packed in your bag. You know, all the things that we're telling our athletes, turn the mirror on yourself and go, okay, what's for lunch? It's not just a banana and some Gatorade and some da-da-da. You know, like I need to sit down and get a turkey sandwich and, you know, actually get some real food into my body. And so I think that's one of the, you know, that awareness piece of, you know, where is my biggest, what is my biggest problem? It's that I don't eat most of the day because I'm running here, there, everywhere. And then at the end of the day, the story I tell myself is I haven't eaten anything all day. Meanwhile, you did. You just didn't sit down and actually like enjoy it and, and feel it. <laughs> so I would say try to get real food um, throughout the day. Start with breakfast. Don't just leave the hotel with a banana. You know, make that extra 15, 20 minutes to go downstairs, get the breakfast, you know, get the whatever it is, you know, and, and always try to think, you know, just like I teach my athletes, there's three things we want at every single meal, some kind of carbs, some kind of protein, and some kind of fruit or vegetable. So mm-hmm. again, that banana is not breakfast. That yogurt is not breakfast. A banana, a yogurt, and, you know, a bagel could be breakfast. Okay. <laughs> but trying to think about, you know, that well-rounded meal so that I've got the protein to give me energy that lasts, I've got the carb that gives me energy right away, I've got the fruit or vegetable in there to help me with recovery, with protecting my cells, with, you know, all that good stuff too. So, you know, try to think of that at those meals that, yeah, a bar could be part of a meal actually, but what else It's not the meal, you know, what else could I have a protein shake with it? Could I have a banana with it? I mean, you can sort of make a meal out of snacky foods, sure. but in a pinch, but I would say, let's plan ahead so that we aren't in that much of a pinch. And then, you know, the other thing that you mentioned is the, the comfort food, you know, and this can happen in the airports. It can happen in your hotel room. It can happen, you know, out with the the team where you're like, ah, oh, I'm just bored. I'm tired. I'm sad. I'm mad. I'm celebrating. I'm happy. I'm, you know, all those reasons why we eat. <laughs> yep. And so I think, you know, when, when you're just out to dinner once in a while, you can have, the fun stuff and order dessert and whatever. But when this is a lifestyle of months yeah. on the road, yeah, we, we can't get the fettuccine Alfredo all you can eat, you know, whatever stuff all the time and order dessert. And, you know, so I think just being smart about what you're ordering, because yeah, this is adding up day after day, after day, after day. And, um, and looking at, you know, sort of that, you know, I always try to have my clients think about the why, around it and you know what kind of energy am i going to have for tomorrow if i load myself up with too much tonight or feel guilty about that cheesecake or you know you want to be at your best for the athletes but also at your best for you and so i think you know turning it back to thinking about why should i not order the cheesecake not just and it's not just about the calories but it's more about how am i going to feel afterwards emotionally mentally physically you know um and try to connect it back to you know what your performance and your energy is going to be like
1: well that's a good segue into my next question because tennis coaches as well or college coaches they spend long days on the court they're a little different if you're the soccer coach you're not really doing any individual practices you've got your two to four practice with the team You're probably not running around, sprinting around, chasing balls down. You're in the middle of the field with your whistle. But college coaches are are typically quite physical on the court. And when I coached, you might have a a few hours, individual lessons in the morning. You have your team practice where you might be jumping in. You might be doing a conditioning session with with the team. And then you could be teaching lessons in, in, in the evening or afternoon, whether those are individual lessons with adults or kids or whatever it is. So again, you have long days, and I guess it's that back to back, you know, and and what can you do during those those days to like you said, feel good the next day and the day after and the day after sleep well, put yourself in position where you can do that day after day, month after month, and year after year, so that your body isn't breaking down when you get into your forties or fifties, or whatever it is, when you've been doing it for a couple of decades. So do you have any advice on how coaches can, can manage both their nutrition and hydration? Again, in certain parts of the country, you could be in April and it's, you're sweating all day and all the rest of it, you get it. So a- any advice along those lines?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, same thing that we just talked about that you got to take care of you and unfortunately i have two p words that people don't like to hear or do <laughs> and it's planning and preparation um and you know because we tend to be very reactive when it comes to eating when it comes to you know taking care of ourselves and we don't think about it until it becomes a problem and like you said if i am very reactive in my hydration and my nutrition then i am going to get behind i'm going to get sick i'm going to get injured and that's not going to serve anyone And so planning ahead, you know, preparing some things. So whether that means food prep to bring with you, whether that means when you're on the road, you know, packing your protein powder, your vitamins, your sleep mask, your, you know, whatever, like all those things that help you to get that good night's rest, to stay hydrated, you know, throughout the day, whether it's a special water bottle you like that you, you know, tend to like to drink out of, whether it's bringing your own electrolyte or you know we're going to get into to that a little bit too you know yeah. in terms of hydration you know but bringing those things with you instead of just relying on the venue to have it or it's only for the athletes so i don't feel like i deserve it yeah you do you have to you know you're running around crazy yeah. and you're sweating and you're you know exerting and you also you know you need to treat yourself like one of the athletes and so you know preparing Um, ahead of time and bringing all that stuff with you, whether it's for the day when you're practicing, you know, from your home or whether it's, you know, again, when you're on the road and, and packing that suitcase with those things that are necessary. You know, if you're at work and you can pack, you know, a little cooler in your office or something with yogurts and protein shakes and fruit and, you know, things for the week and that way you know that they're there and you can go grab them easily or have that, you know, big yeti cooler (laughs) full of stuff that you're just eating as the day goes on but I think the planning and the preparation the thinking ahead of time and recognizing that you deserve it that I it's not it's not a choice it's a necessity you know I have to take care of myself so that like you said I can keep doing this just like our athletes have a very short career some Mm -hmm. of them Uh, Some of them much longer, but, you know, a professional athlete or a collegiate athlete, you know, you can only perform for a certain number of years, but as a coach, yeah, this is your career. This could be 30 years that you continue after you've already had a collegiate or, you know, pro career. And so now, you know, you're looking at how can I keep my joints and my, you know, so it's supplements, it's, you know, thinking about how can I make sure that I'm, you know, doing this on a regular basis but holding yourself accountable to that
1: yeah and and have you been around coaches that you feel like have demonstrated positive habits for their athletes that they're working with or or what how can coaches um i guess adopt more healthy habits and because oftentimes yeah coaches can say all these things about good habits, but then don't necessarily demonstrate it themselves. I mean, do you have, yeah. again, any advice on on how coaches can start taking some steps that will potentially influence their athletes moving forward?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like parenting, <laughs> right? You know, when you've got these college kids, you're part parent, you're part counselor, you're part coach, sure. you're part, you know, everything. Um, and so, you know, that is, you know, treat yourself as if you are, you know and and you know co- we know based on research that you know coaches are someone that kids look up to you know even in the collegiate environment and and pro environment someone you know they take their advice more than they take their own parents advice so and watch what you're doing you know even at this level you know we know that a you know 5 year old is watching <laughs> their their parents but you know even yeah. these these you know college kids definitely are are watching what we're doing and so if you're saying one thing and then doing another you know, that's definitely, um, you know, mixed messages uh, around that, because again, you do need to take care of yourself too. So I think the more you can role model the actual behaviors, you know, saying, oh, no, I'm, you know, do not disturb on my phone. I need to get to bed, you know, not bothering people after a certain time, um, you know, because they need to get their sleep and you need to get your sleep and, you know, role modeling some of those things, like don't text me after whatever time, you know, you guys decide or, um, you know, making sure that you're following the, that same advice that you're not doing the same thing, you know, to them and expecting a response back, um, that could be waking them up and same thing with the, the hydration and, and mentioning it, but. You know, not putting it in their face, but like, Hey, I'm also, you know, I've got, I'm asking you to do this, but I'm doing it for myself. Look at my cooler that I've got, you know, this, 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 this is what I do every day. This is how I keep myself healthy, you know, trying to to also vocalize some of the behaviors that you're doing um, to keep yourself healthy, I think is, is good role modeling, not, you know, rubbing it in their face, but just gently showing but but, you know, words are nothing compared to actions. And so if they see you doing those things, they will believe that, yeah, That that coach walks the walk, not just talks
1: the talk. Yeah. Excuse me, Tara. Um, So. With uh, a a lot of our coaches. Do not have access to nutritionists uh, at at their universities. Um, They might have a strength and conditioning coach who's managing six different sports uh, and not just tennis. And so. How, how do you advise coaches to have conversations with their student athletes or informed conversations about nutrition and healthy nutrition, especially as it relates to their performance, or, or should they avoid these conversations completely if they're not, they don't have a, an educational background in, yeah. in, in this topic.
0: Yeah, no, this is hard because, you know, this is this is one of the things in my profession that we talk about all the time, that everybody's an expert because everybody eats. <laughs> so everyone thinks they're an expert on nutrition because we all eat. Um, but, you know, obviously, if you have a, a sports dietitian that you have access to, use them and abuse them, not abuse them, but, you know, use, use that person as much as possible, you know, have them come in and do team talks, set up individual meetings with them. Like, you know they may not seek you out because they may also you know i was over i started i was the first sports dietitian at the university of central florida ucf here in orlando and you know a lot of the teams didn't know like what, what do we do with her what what am i supposed mm-hmm. to do you know and so it took a while to kind of get used to you know how do we use this person and you know and so they may not reach out to you because they also have 500 student athletes Um, And so, you know, you kind of asking them for that help. Now, you said most people or some, you know, colleges, of course, don't have that sports dietitian yet. Um, I would definitely look in your local community to see if there is a sports dietitian. So you can go to eatright.org. And that is the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Um, You can put in You can do find an RD and put in like different specialties, your zip code, all that kind of stuff. Um, What you're looking for is specifically that sports nutrition, a board certified specialist in sports dietetics. It's a CSSD is the the certification. But, you know, but any registered dietitian also could help. But, you know, we want someone that that has that that sports nutrition background, ideally. So. Mm especially if you have someone who may, you may suspect an eating disorder, Um, maybe just really having immune system issues where they're getting sick all the time, maybe, you know, getting injured, all that, like any of these kind of red flags of, you know, losing weight, gaining weight, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, those are the ones that you want to seek out from the outside. Let's see if we can refer to someone, you know, or maybe someone back in their hometown, parents get involved, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but if, you know, so those are a couple of options if you don't have someone at your school. Um, but I think it's, it's difficult to not ever talk about food, nutrition, and hydration if you're a coach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope you do, you know, I mean, and you don't have to have a degree to say, did you eat breakfast this morning? What'd you have? Yeah, you now. And just think about those three things that I said. So if they say yes, I had breakfast and I had eggs and bacon. Okay, well, there's your protein. What do you have for a carb? Did you have a piece of toast? You know, carbs are your body's preferred source of energy, um, you know, and, and maybe getting a few resources, you know, on, on hand, you know, there are books out there on sports nutrition. There's only one in existence that I'm aware of that's a tennis nutrition book. Um, but, you know, reading up a little bit for yourself, if you don't have that expert that you can have, you know, inform yourself a little bit more around some of the ins and outs of, you know, of sports nutrition. I'm mm-hmm. happy to, you know, be a resource as well. And I can do Zoom calls with individual athletes and stuff like that too. So, you know, there are, di- you know, now that we have a Zoom world, there's uh, there's opportunity for using people that aren't necessarily even in your, your own um, area. But okay. So back to, yes, I think you should talk about nutrition with your athletes. I don't think you should prescribe them a calorie level, a carb level, a protein level. You know, this is how many grams of carbs you should eat. And this is how many, no, that's beyond your scope, but asking them that, what did you have for breakfast? What's in your bottle? Is it just water? Or do we have some, you know, sports drink or electrolytes in there? What have you had, you know, to eat during this practice? What are you eating during changeovers? What are you, you know, how are you hydrating? Like you know, how soon are you eating after practice? You know, are you going straight to class and then study hall and then three hours later you're eating? Well, we want to eat something within 30 to 60 minutes after practices and matches. And so, you know, just some of those like little tidbits, I think are good things to continue to probe with the athletes, you know, making sure that they're hydrating, making sure and asking them about sleep and, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, I think that is, again, we're part parent, part, <laughs> lots of stuff when you're the coach and yeah. taking care of their physical body is part of your, um, your responsibility and what they're putting into their body in terms of nutrition is definitely something that you should be talking about.
1: Okay. Thank thank you for sharing that. And as a former, I guess, male coach of, of female players, yeah. I guess I was always, uh, very sensitive to this topic, and I don't know if there's any research or studies that have been done out there in terms of um, how female players are maybe absorbing uh, information from male coaches versus female coaches, or or again, um, how might you advise male yeah. coaches? You you've given us the green light to talk about it, but should male coaches be more sensitive to this, or or no?
0: I think, I mean, I think there is a sensitivity, even, you know, male coaches to male athletes. I mean, male athletes can have, you know, sensitivities around food and body weight and that kind of stuff too. So, um, you know, I don't think having them step on a scale and, you know, in front of you and all that kind of stuff is appropriate at all. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where the trainers can come in. They can do body fat percentages. They can do that kind of stuff, um, and, and counsel that way. Um, but I do think, you know, and, and, you know, not being a food cop. So like drop the French fry. Don't ever eat, you know, a piece of cheesecake around me. You better not ever have chocolate in your life. Like, you know, we don't want to be food cops. Um, right. But I think encouraging the positive stuff rather than hitting the negative. That's okay. what I would say is as broad. Um, advice, you know, with especially male coaches to, to female athletes, you know, n- not saying, did you have French fries or, you know, something like that, but rather, Hey, you know, did you get some, some good lunch today? You know, did you, did you make sure you got some protein or, you know, are we getting some carbs? We need carbs for energy, you know, just little things like that, I think are, are absolutely appropriate. Um, to to talk about, you know, cross gender. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, but when it gets into weight and what gets in other things, maybe, you know, that's when you pull in one of the trainers, you pull in, you know, someone else um, that you can bring in for a conversation around that, especially if it's, you know, eating disorder, um, you know, someone losing lots of weight or something like that, that you're concerned about um, Mm -hmm. their health and their safety definitely you need to have conversations, but I would bring in a third party for those kind of sensitive conversations. Yeah,
1: okay, thank you. And so again, going going back, um, we talked about access for coaches to sports uh, dietitians um, and access to resources in general. And so some of, uh, you know, I was fortunate to, to work at the University of Oklahoma. We had as much food as, and I'll get into that in, in a few minutes as well. Uh, maybe more food than we knew what to do with we're throwing stuff okay. out kind of things but we have other coaches who, who don't have those type of resources and it comes to match day and they're not able to provide uh, match food you know prior to the match during the match um, uh, after the match so so they may have to have traveled um, long distances to an indoor tennis facility that isn't theirs and now they're hopping in, in the van afterwards to get home and they've not eaten, you know, within that time frame. So I guess my question is, are, are there any foods, electrolytes um, it, it, that, that are, are relatively cheap, but, but give a big return on, on investment? Are, are there any, any suggestions there that you have?
0: Yeah. Really good question. Um, you know, the the sports nutrition, specifically like sports nutrition products are not cheap, (laughs) you know, the, the electrolyte powders and the, you know, all this kind of stuff is definitely not, not cheap, but you know, whether you do the fancy brand name, you know, powders and all that kind of stuff, or whether you just go, you know what, can we get some bananas and oranges? Can we get some granola bars? Can we get some string cheese? Can we get some crackers? Can we get some bagels? Can we get some, you know, like stick with sort of just real food? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the fancy schmancy stuff. Um, now electrolyte powders and, you know, sports drinks, definitely for on court. Um, are something that I would prioritize and say yeah we kind of do need to you know get I mean I don't want to just use sea salt and lemon juice and honey and call it a sports drink (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's when you know believe me I've had people you know ask about that and and all that but I think it's worth it you know when it comes to the on-court nutrition um, specifically drinks Um, but you know on-court nutrition for like I said banana dried fruit you know some bars. I mean, you can do just regular off-brand granola bars, <laughs> you know, it doesn't even have to be name brand Nature Valley or whatever. Um, so, you know, I think that there are some things that, I, so your, your question was, what would you spend the money on? I would spend the money on the name brand um, sports drinks okay. that have the scientific backing around them, you know, maybe some gels and chews and different stuff that are going to be more sports specific for during, but then the before and the after, I think just get some real food and okay. whatever that looks like, whether it's, you know, pulling into subway and when you guys get in the van so that we're not driving two hours, but we're going to spend an extra 20 minutes getting some subs that we can eat in the van or eat, you know, at the sub place before we, you know, make the two hour drive or mm-hmm. whatever. But I think prioritizing, you know, getting something to eat um you know subs are always not too expensive and not fast food i mean kind of sort of but not really you know those are always kind of a go-to you know pasta is always a, a go-to um chipotle oh my gosh i should have put money into chipotle many 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 years ago <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the number of athletes especially collegiate athletes that eat chipotle um i mean those are all great options for you know getting carbs and protein um and you know for for recovery or for you know before matches as well
1: okay and you mentioned that that window uh 30 to 60 minutes is that still kind of the prescribed amount of time
0: yeah i think that's the ideal is really 30 minutes to try to get you know fluid some carbs and then within two hours try to get some protein in there too and if you want to get all of it within that 30 minutes that's great Mm -hmm. um but you know i think especially you know after working with collegiate athletes for a number of years too with collegiate athletes you know they've got two full-time jobs as you know um you know coach thinks their full-time job is playing tennis (laughs) but (laughs) they also have this thing called you know academic classes and so you know they might be leaving a practice and going straight to this that or whatever and not have a chance to actually sit down no meal for another two three four hours Um, And so I think that's where the timing piece needs to come in where, you know, you encourage or have in the locker room, you know, a a bullet to make some smoothies or at least some ready to drink, you know, protein shakes and a banana they can take with them until they can go get that meal, Um, you know, whatever the budget looks like for that. Or if there is no budget for that, then telling them, hey, I need you to bring it. Mm -hmm. with you so that you're eating, you know, that on your on your way to class, um, or, you know, once you get to class or whatever, um, because you don't have time to get lunch after our morning practice.
1: Okay. Yeah, my next question is, I'm always interested in this, because I know there's so many studies and research. and, And I think the the world of nutrition is is complicated, right? because you so there's so much noise out there or at least it's complicated it for me it's like <laughs> this is the diet of the day and this is what uh-huh. you're doing, whether it's paleo or vegan or whatever um, you know that that that's out there and popular uh, and you end up not sure where 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 you stand and, and I guess my question is over the last maybe 10, 15 years, have there been any kind of best practices that have been debunked? that maybe coaches and, and athletes are still like, oh, well, you know, this is what we did 20 years ago and this is still the best practice today. Or are these generals kind of tried and true and, and nothing's really changed over the last, say, two decades?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I would say some of the newer things that have come in, um, you know, like the whole carb thing, I always tell my athletes, like, you can't listen to what obese America is being told. Okay. Mm. And I don't mean to sound rude when I say that, but we know that, you know, we've got more overweight and obese people in this country than we do not. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: Look at the statistics. And so that's why the diet industry is so strong because people are wanting to lose weight. Well, you're a collegiate athlete. (laughs) So Atkins diet, paleo diet, you know, whatever, all this stuff is not what we need to be looking at, you need carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are not evil. Sugar is not evil. You need it um, Mm -hmm. to be able to perform. And so, you know, kind of drowning out some of that noise is one of the things that I try to encourage is, you know, don't pay attention to all of those fad diets out there. Um, In terms of, of sports nutrition, I think some of the things that we've been a lot better at in the past, you know, 10 years or so is paying attention to those electrolytes, especially sodium content. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think, you know, when some of the the most popular sports drinks on the market today were kind of made, I don't know when it was 30, 40 years ago, um, and the formula hasn't maybe really changed a whole lot, but the science has that, oh, wow, we're losing a lot of sodium mm-hmm. in our sweat, and especially tennis players. If you're in, I mean, I'm in Florida, and so, no. you know, we are sweating a lot in the heat, in the sun, um, in the summer, but even all year round. I mean, it's 87 degrees here today, and, right. <laughs> and it's November. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it, so when you're sweating a lot, I mean, tennis players, I think, especially of all the athletes I've worked with throughout the years, um, you know, are sweating a lot. And even if you're playing indoor, um you're still you know going to be be sweating a lot and so you know making sure that those electrolytes are going to be replaced i think is one of the bigger newer not new but like m- the the awareness is there a little bit more of like the the volume that we're actually losing number one thing we lose in our sweat besides fluid is salt right. and so you know again that's where you don't listen to obese hypertensive america and you go huh I'm losing a thousand milligrams of sodium an hour. <laughs> yeah. I need to you know take some before. I need to have some during. I need to replace after. So you know it's okay if I salt my eggs and I should. Be salting my eggs before my match or before my practice. And I should be, you know, doing these high electrolyte, high sodium drinks on court. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when you're sitting in class, maybe not, but on court for sure. And when you look at the amount of sodium that some athletes need, it's mind boggling when you compare it to the dietary guidelines and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, a cardiologist would be like, what? How much are you drinking? Oh, that's horrible. But they don't know that how much you're losing, you know? So it's, right. that's why you want to try to, you know, work with the experts of, you know, what we're, what we're doing here. And yeah, you are losing that much, especially our male um, collegiate athletes that are bigger and sweat more than mm-hmm. women. I mean, women, yes, we need it too, but you know, the males are the ones that are always the constant crampers and, right. you know, needing more of those electrolytes before and, and during. And that's the other thing that I would say is I've really been working with people recently, Um, on the preloading and making sure that you're getting sodium. So not just drinking water in the morning, but drinking those electrolyte drinks before. So maybe not the sports drink, but electrolyte drinks. So things like the element, liquid IV, You know, some of these that have 500, 1000 milligrams of sodium before you even step on court. So that I'm hyper hydrating, I'm hanging on to a little bit more fluid. So then when I get on court and I start losing at crazy amounts, then I've got a little bit on board already.
1: Got it. And you mentioned sugar there, and and this was I was relating to the, to the the locker room at the University of Oklahoma. I mean, we get all this food, and and I'd look at some of the the contents of the food, and and the amount of uh, grams of sugar in, in some of these uh, products. Mm-hmm. I just was always a little. Uh, this just it seems a little over the top, but I know these 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 type of products are designed for for, like you said, they're designed for adle- uh, athletes, not necessarily yeah. the general public who who uh, may not be burning as many calories and burning through that sugar and carbohydrates in the same way. But it, it, you know, as as I look at the the lifestyle of of many student athletes as well, um they're consuming a lot of sugars throughout the day. They go to breakfast and they're having, you know, in some t- sugary cereals, and then maybe they're getting something from Starbucks that has a lot of sugars, then they're coming to the tennis courts and grabbing those bars. And then after the fact as well as they as they get into the evenings, and maybe studying late into the night, and then again, kind of consuming a lot of sugars just to keep themselves going. Um, you know, at what point for an athlete is, is, is there too much sugar in your diet?
0: Yeah, I think obviously that's very individual. I don't have a specific number, (laughs) but um, what I try to do is have a purpose for the sugar. So if you're gonna have a sugary cereal, well, what else is attached to that sugar? There's potentially whole grain. You know, a lot of the sugary cereals now have a lot of whole grain with it. Um, You're adding milk to it. So that's got a whole lot of nutritional value. Um, there may be fiber in there. And so I, you know, in terms of, you know, so that versus like a chocolate chip cookie or a piece of chocolate cake, I'm looking at it like, well, there's lots of nutritional value in this sugar cereal. And at the end of the day, it's really not that much sugar. When you look at like 12 grams of sugar versus like 70, that might be in this chocolate cake. Right. So you kind of have to weigh, yes, it does contain sugar, but like how much added sugar is there. And is there anything else of nutritional value that I'm getting with it versus just sitting down with, you know, some okay. fun dip and <laughs> sucking down, you know, skittles or whatever. Um, and that, you know, again, and I always tell my athletes, I'm like, you, it's not that you can't have, you know, you're burning a lot of calories. So yeah, you can have ice cream, you can have French fries, you can have, you know, pizza, but let's just think about if, is that crowding out other things. And so, you know, you always want to think about also your weight you know, am I, am I losing weight? Am I at a perfect weight right now? Am I trying to lose weight? You know, and so that's going to play into it too. Um, that, you know, if you're trying to gain weight again, not that we're going to eat, you know, nothing but, but sugar, but we need more calories. And so I am pushing things that are higher calorie, like mm-hmm. some milkshakes and, you know, things like that, that might have more, more sugar in them. So, and, and then also the, it's the when, So if I'm going to have, you know, you need sugar when you're burning it. So sugar to me is like for an athlete is the sports drinks. And so that's when sugar is absolutely okay. And encouraged (laughs) is -hmm. when you're on court and you need that, you know, that, that simple sugar from either the gels or the chews or the fruit, dried fruit, or, you know, the sports drinks that are going to give me that energy right away mm-hmm. when i'm actually burning it when i need it and w- how much you need is going to be very individual again you know a 220 pound male versus 120 pound female yeah. tennis player are going to be much different with how much they're burning and how much they need so i work with you know iron man triathletes and we're trying to get 90 grams of sugar in them per hour like that's wow. a lot and it's hard to get that um, whereas a tennis player, you know, maybe we're looking at 30, 45 grams of sugar per hour of mm-hmm. practice and, or, you know, matches. And that's still a fair amount, you know, so, when you look at like how much Gatorade is that, how much, you know, um, gel is that, you know, if there's 20 grams, 25 grams in, you know, a gel, okay. You know, how much should I have while I'm, while I'm practicing? And that's, it takes a little bit of trial and error to figure that out.
1: Yeah. And then Tara, what are some of the most common mistakes you're seeing, especially um, at, coll- collegiate athletes that they're making in terms of their daily nutrition? And then, uh, and I love the advice that you gave at the beginning for coaches. I mean, you can't overhaul everything. It's probably not sustainable trying to pick one one thing maybe and 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 start making that change. But are there common mistakes that you're seeing? And then how have you helped athletes Solve those mistakes, you know, moving forward.
0: Sure. So, you know, I've worked with lots of different sports throughout my career. And when I started working at the USTA um, about five years ago, the biggest thing for me working with tennis players that I was like, what? <laughs> was <clears throat> doing something different in practice than they do on match day. Okay. So, when I would ask people, like, okay, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you do on court, you know, da 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 oh, well, during practice, I do this, but then on match day, I Mm. do this. And I'm like, why is that so different? Like drastically different. Like, oh, I only drink water during practices, but in matches, I'm doing, you know, this, 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 this. this. I'm like, what? That's exactly (laughs) what
1: I did as a player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So I, so what I try to teach is that practice is practice for nutrition as well. Mm. And like, oh, 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 (laughs) oh, right? (laughs) So, you know, how do you know how that banana is going to sit in your stomach? How do you know how that, you know, sports drink is going to sit in your stomach? How do you know? So, you know, practicing and by the way, you usually, well, maybe not usually, but a lot of times you're practicing longer Mm -hmm. than maybe that, you know, that matches and tennis, maybe not (laughs) because sometimes they can be very long. But, um, you know, if you're not fueling yourself during practices, now you're getting behind, 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 behind. Day after day after day after day of practice practice practice, and then you're not getting that recovery. And then while you're up studying, you're ordering you know breadsticks to make up for the fact that I didn't get enough during practice, and now I'm behind. And then you're having it when you don't need it, and you know. And so what I so that so that brings me into another um, common mistake that I see is not enough food earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So not enough during practice, but not enough before as well. And, you know, we talked about that recovery right after. So, you know, what we tend to do, and this is what we do as, you know, retired athletes or whatever, too, is like, oh, this little breakfast and oh, yeah, I had lunch. And then you get home at the end of the day, you're like, I deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) And our biggest meal is dinner. And then maybe we snack all night, too. And so, you know, that's promoting weight gain versus eating it when I need it. So that doesn't mean, you know, all you can eat buffet before you go out on court and you're going to puke, but make sure you have breakfast, make sure you're having something in your bottle besides water, make sure that you're having something for, you know, between practice and strength and conditioning, or if they're back to back, you know, that kind of stuff, like make sure that you're keeping up with the calories and the fluid during, during (laughs) not just, you know, dinner. Oh, I'm going to recover it all then. You no, know, because then now you've got the spare tire around your waist, and you know now you're injured because your muscles didn't get the recovery at the time that they needed to to get that recovery. So timing, 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 I think is really really important for athletes. And and practice what you're going to do in competition in practice, so mm. that you use the same brand, the same amount, the same everything. You know, so that you can practice that. How's that going to feel? Right. You know, if you're, if you're going to do that for the first time. In a competition, you could be running to the bathroom, you could be puking, you could be, you know, anything, if that's something that's unfamiliar to you.
1: Yeah. So when you talk about timing, Tara, so let's say they, there's a, a, a noon match, 12 o'clock match on a Saturday. Um, Oftentimes, the teams are getting there maybe 90 minutes before they actually play to start getting used to their surroundings, start their warm up, etc. When should they have had breakfast? Um, you know, if they're going to play, if they're, if they want to be at their best by 12 o'clock, when yep. should they have had breakfast?
0: I would say, um, you know, like maybe an eight, like four hours ahead of time is a good okay. time to have a meal and then top yourself off with maybe that banana or half a bagel or granola bar or breakfast biscuits, or, you know, some of those kinds of kind of, I call them crunchy carbs, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, some kind of carby stuff, um, whether it's fruit or just easily digested you know, carby stuff that you can sort of munch on maybe in that 90 minutes or, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes before you go on court. And if you're like one of those nervous stomachs and you're like, I can't eat anything, then maybe drink some some sports drinks that have calories, that mm. have sugar in it so that you are topping yourself off. You don't wanna be hungry, hungry. You don't mm-hmm. want your stomach growling when you're ready for that first serve. And four hours from okay. breakfast, you could be hungry. So, you know, have time to digest, but then top yourself off with just maybe some of those carbs and fluid, of course, um, and electrolytes, so Mm -hmm. that you can, you know, have that um, so that you're replenishing a little bit before.
1: Okay. And then what about coffee and teas in in the morning? I'm assuming you want athletes to stay away from from caffeine in the mornings and, and focus on hydration, electrolytes. Water, etc., or are there are other drinks that they should be staying away from or, or having in the morning and leading up yeah. to that 12 o'clock match.
0: Yeah, well, um, so NCAA does have um, a caffeine limit that mm. is, um, a, you know, you can get drug tested for that. So you want to be careful, a cup of coffee ain't going to do it. You have to take, mm. you know, a lot of no dos or you know, some yeah. kind of you have to try real hard to fail the drug test for, for caffeine. So it's a lot, but I just want to mention that because after working with collegiate athletes, you have to be aware of all the banned substances and, and rules uh, around that. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to say what I said earlier, if you normally have a cup of coffee, if that's part of your normal morning routine, then you have that on match day. Mm -hmm. And because your body's used to it, you know, that little bit of caffeine might help you actually. I mean, it is, it's a performance enhancer and that's why there's a a limit in the, in the band, you know, the banned substances. Um, So, you know, I don't have a problem with a little bit of caffeine, Um, but, and, and it's sort of a misnomer that it's dehydrating. Um, You know, again, especially if you're used to having it on a daily basis, your Mm -hmm. body has sort of adjusted to the dehydrating effects of it. Um, okay. You still want to have your water, electrolytes, you know, all that don't just drink six cups of coffee and call it a day. But if you normally have a cup or two, I think have a cup or two, but I wouldn't also, like I said, have six cups because, oh my gosh, that's going to really get me, you know, cause what goes up, what can come down. So, you know, you can crash from that high level of caffeine. I definitely wouldn't do any, uh, you know, and, and I'm less worried about the, the coffee than I am about all these you know, energy drinks, those are the ones that kids are doing more. Um, And again, you know, one is fine, but six, not so much. So, you know, be careful with how much you're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't be too concerned if you see them doing like a Celsius or, you know, something, I think that's fine. Just in in moderation.
1: All right, well, then to to cap it off, is there any final words of wisdom or advice that you give to coaches and their student athletes? Just in general, about their general health and well being, is there anything you'd like to leave them with?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, like we said, as a coach, take care of you. And when you take care of you, you're going to take care of them even better because Mm -hmm. you're going to be eating right, you're going to be sleeping right, you're going to be getting your proper, you know, exercise if that's during coaching, if you're a very active coach or you get your, you know, run in before practice or whatever, but that's really good role modeling, but it's not, you're not doing it just to role model. You're doing it because that's, what's taking care of you. And I, I, one thing that I, you know, we didn't really talk about a lot and it's not really nutrition is sleep Um, sleep. We could do a whole nother (laughs) podcast just on sleep. Um, But I think that's one thing, especially for collegiate athletes, because again, they've got two full-time jobs. So they may leave you and still have six hours of homework that they right. need to do the studying that night. And you're like, whatever, you know, they're, I'm done with them for the day, you know, see you tomorrow. And you don't realize sometimes what's on their shoulders and on their plate. So I think just being aware of that and encouraging the rest and the recovery and the sleep and asking questions around those things. Again, not to be, you know, food cop or whatever, but just as a general, like, I care about you and this is going to affect your performance. And, you know, we got to take care of you as a whole being and, and not just, you know, how you're, you're serving and, and returning. Right. So, um, so I think that's, you know, one thing that, that we can do is just, always encourage all of these healthy habits, but then of course, role model them and, and do them for ourselves as well.
1: Great. Well, it's a really good place to leave it, Tara. Thank you so much. This was very informative. And, and yeah, I'd love to do a round two on, on sleep at some point. So I'll, I'll be in touch about that. But thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much.